Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Purdy Insurance. Visit Purdy Insurance on Market Street in Sunbury or visit online at purdyinsurance.com. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And today's show brought to you by our good friends at Purdy Insurance. Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. The Purdy's have served this valley for decades because they've been able to get the right price and the best insurance for their customers. And there's a claim they go to work as if it happened to them because they're your partners. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. In Evanston, still trying to overcome the thrill of yesterday's Super Bowl. It'll end up being the lowest-rated Super Bowl in nine years. The lowest-rated Super Bowl since the Steelers' victory over the Arizona Cardinals ten years ago. And there, I think there are some reasons for that. Number one, uh, obviously, <laughs> this was not the high-flying game that we've had in the past. That comes into play. But you're also talking about a market in Los Angeles that, while being the second largest market in the country, a market that is not bought in on professional football. That makes a big difference. You've got other markets, St. Louis, where they left. They're not going to watch. New Orleans, which usually is a very active TV market. Nope, not going to watch after what happened two weeks ago. And then you also have Patriots fatigue. Every time you turn around, there's Brady. Every time you turn around, there's Belichick. Every time you turn around, there's Giselle. Uh, so, and I think that's adding up to people saying, okay, give me something fresh here. Uh, that's where we'll find and find out how things play out for the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes next year. The NFL was secretly hoping that Mahomes and the Chiefs would get in. The reason why is because it was a fresh face to carry the league forward. And he's dynamic. He's exciting. The Patriots are, to be honest with you, are not dynamic or exciting. They're just really good and really efficient. Jerry Goff, worst thing that could happen to him. The two worst things could happen to him. A, an end zone camera, and B, HDTV. You can see the deer in the headlights look the entire time. Uh and they, the Patriots, what they did, they mixed things up with their front seven, but they did not mix things up with their coverages. They put Gilmore on Cooks, Solo, your job, you take him, and they doubled Robert Woods. Okay, They put their best guy on what they perceive to be the best guy for the Rams. They put two guys on what they perceive to be the second best guy for the Rams, and they let everybody else do their deal. And they played downhill football at them the entire day. Brady didn't have his best day. That's fine. He had he was at his best when they needed him on on the drive that put the Patriots in front. The throw to Gronkowski was great, great. That was as big league as big league gets. And they won. And 
But here's something I want to just touch on very briefly, and it actually attaches to the Penn State wrestling match in the Jordan Center on Friday night. Every single person that went to the wrestling match that I talked to all told me that the crowd was raucous, rolling, and excited almost the entire time. And that absolutely did not come through the TV. Absolutely did not come through the TV. The people that were there said it was raucous. It was loud. And believe me, I believe each person that said that to me. When you're there, you've got a feel for it. Super Bowl. Well, I heard a lot of people say, boy, you could hear the pay. The Patriots fans were so loud at the game and so on and so forth. That didn't come through the TV either. Did it come through your TV, Sean? It sounded like a Patriots home game to me. I mean, for a good yeah, but, for, but, for a good portion of the game. But yeah, but they've got to do a better. My point is, stop with all of this. I want to hear Brady call the signals. What the heck do I want to hear Brady call signals for? I got it. Fifty-eight's the mic. He's the middle linebacker. I got it. We're good. Okay. How many times do you need to hear Peyton Manning say Omaha in his life? Do I need to hear sneakers squeaking on the basketball court? They've got everything mic'd up but the crowd. I think they're hoping that all these mics they have out there for all the other things that they do will then bring the crowd noise through. I'll tell you right now, it's not coming through. I mean, New Orleans, oh, my, the, the sound in here, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you have it so we can hear it? It seems like it's always the crowd is always getting muted at these games in favor of something else that, to be honest with you, when it first came out, that's really neat. Now it's like, I mean, really, do I need to hear Drew Brees tell me that 58's the mic? Do I really need to? Well, the uh, New Orleans game two weeks ago, it seems like the only crowd noise you pick up is from that whistler. Right. <laughs> it's like it's like go to another part of the go to another part of the dome. <laughs> well, no, it, it, Kansas City, I could hear people with whistles. And supposedly that crowd was loud. And the wrestling crowd, I was told the wrestling crowd was off the charts on Friday night with noise. Didn't come through the TV set at all. You know, we, we, we're, we're miking up mats. We're miking up officials. That's fine. Okay, it's fine. Right? But you got to like bring the excitement of what's going on through the TV set. I mean, I, that's, uh. Sometimes I'll replay a back end of a match, like with the, uh, like uh, uh, with Vinny's overtime match on Friday night. I replayed it a couple times because I just want to look at the crowd, and it's kind of hard to see just with the lighting. I just want to see how fast their reaction was. Uh, well, actually, it wasn't overtime, but he got that. Uh, he got that takedown yeah. uh, with no time left on the clock. No time but, uh, left. Yeah, yeah. but uh, mm-hmm. but did have an overtime kind of vibe to it. But yeah, I, there was a couple times I just kind of wanted to look up at the crowd and just to kind of catch the reaction. But you're right, I didn't really, I didn't really catch a lot of uh, a lot of audio, you know, uh, you know crowd ambiance. Because everybody, sometimes you've got to let that. You got to let that come through. Now, radio's different. We have to talk. We, we're not talking where you have to describe. All right, we have to describe what's going on. Okay, but you got to let that come through. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you an example. It's a radio example. But when Penn State takes the field and the crowd goes crazy, I back off for like thirty to forty-five seconds. Then I tell everybody we're going to commercial break. 
right? Because I want everybody to feel as they listen, you know, how how 110,000 people sound. And it, it, you know, I think they're trying to be so clever with certain things that they're knocking themselves out of the box on certain things. We're, we need to get, I mean, we need very much in sports to let everybody feel the emotion of being there. And they didn't do a very good job on Friday night. I'm talking about the TV coverage of it. And they didn't do a very good job in a lot of ways yesterday. Well, how many camera angles do you need? Now they have the you know the pylon cam. <laughs> it just seems like they're oh, just I'm waiting okay. for the perfect I'm, pylon cam shot. Oh, I'm I'm okay on, on stuff like that, but then they they feel like obligated to use it. What the heck game was I watching? Was it? It may have been a. Oh, I'm trying to think what game it was where they kept going to the pylon cam. I think it was the the college football playoff. They're going to the pylon cam, and the pylon cam gave you no, <laughs> gave you nothing. But it was sponsored. So we have to make an obligatory mention of it because it's sponsored. And I'm looking at it and go, why am I watching this view? What the heck? Uh, 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 we're going to take you on the kickoff. We're going to go, ooh. It's like, hey, look, just there's certain ways of doing it that we're used to. Just do it. And, you know, the whole deal is not to go out there and win an award. All right. To me, you want to win an award? Have it have it, have me feel like I'm I'm sitting there. That's how you win an award. It's like a continuation of always attempting to. Okay, we need to reinvent ourselves. But when yeah, do you? But have, when do you finally say, "Hey, okay, I think we got this down pat. Now let's, you know, let's fine tune some of the simple stuff to make it even better." Well, I'm, like I said, we uh, we sit there and there's more concentration noise wise on what Brady's doing before the snap. Yeah, I'm using Brady as an example. I'm not putting Brady down. I'm using it because he played yesterday. I like Okay, I got it. Now, maybe part of this is me. I hear it every day. You don't. I mean, I hear it I mean, from August 1st until January 1st. I hear it every day. So maybe that maybe that plays into it. You know, I'm out there all the time hearing... Trace McSorley and what he's saying at the line of scrimmage and things like that. I mean, so I'm, I mean, so after a while, like, I tune that stuff. <laughs> well, there was one play inside the Patriots five yard line where uh, Tony Romo was reiterating what Brady was barking out, and it was an equivalent to like a Peyton Manning Omaha reference. All right. So I mean, sometimes this stuff doesn't mean anything. <laughs> okay, it doesn't mean a thing. It's kind of like sometimes. a tease before the ball finally gets snapped back. Okay, right. maybe that's going to be tied into a you know the the play of the game coming up. Okay, here yeah. we go. Yeah, it's like we're going to bring you inside the game. Uh, no, not really. The inside what? I mean, uh, I, I mean, I want to feel like I'm inside the stadium. I don't want to feel like I'm in a studio. Uh, then I then I then I get this this text from the Sioux two o one. I'm like, well, what what's that about? Yeah. Like, finally, I said, well, what? And he sends me some cryptic response. I said, no, what's that about? And he says, national anthem time. I said, oh, well, I wasn't watching. <laughs> I wasn't watching. The funny part is, I knew exactly how scary is that. I knew exactly what he was talking about when I saw the two o one. No, I was, I wasn't watching it. 
Uh, we were having, we got here yesterday. You know, it's not a, it's a longer trip, by the way, when, when from O'Hare to here, when there's, when you have to wait for a train for 15 minutes. <laughs> we're sitting there like, okay, that's fine. Uh, so we didn't even get here till, I don't know, 5.30, uh yesterday. You know, so then, you know, got some stuff set here I needed to get set. Then I went down to eat dinner, and then when dinner was over, they kicked off. I mean, I, I mean, she could have hummed it. I wouldn't have known. <laughs> 201. I think I could picture his face now. How could I possibly not watch? <laughs> like, I was busy. Okay, we'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Um, just a quick update on the Super Bowl. The Rams have moved it to the Patriots 34. It's fourth down. Patriots, by the way, have gone home. <laughs> I just can't get it going anywhere. The Rams were never the same offensively when Cooper Cup got hurt, and they were not the same in terms of how people approached them after they played Detroit. Right? I know a lot of people are going to circle in on the Bears game, you know, because that Bears game was nationally televised. But they played Detroit the week before, and they did. I mean, they weren't even close. I mean, Detroit really. They, I think it's the Detroit tape that got everybody looking at how do you how do you defend the Rams now without Cooper Cup, that changed everything for them. That would have been that third guy where now the Patriots would have to make a decision as to okay, how do we handle that? How do we handle the third guy? There was no third guy to handle. I mean, Reynolds is okay, but he's okay. And play, I mean, look, I mean, Goff couldn't see the field I mean, to save his soul yesterday anyway. He just... Yeah, when the Patriots were running a lot of twists and stunts, normally, and you and Hammer would know this much more than me, but you'd think sometimes, depending on a twist and a stunt, it could open up a crease for the running game. But they were really getting some inside penetration on Goff, and that just made him look even tons more uncomfortable out there. Well, you're coming straight out. This is what they've talked about Brady for years. You know, if you get pressure up the middle at him, okay, which has always been difficult. But if you get pressure up the middle, you can throw him off. Now, Brady wasn't great yesterday. He, he was good enough. I mean, he'd probably be the first to tell you in a private moment that it wasn't his best day. But I'll say this, the throw to Gronkowski to set up the one touchdown, that's as fine a throw as anybody's going to make. I mean, that was a perfect pass. The uh, The league was high-flying, high-scoring, and fun. Uh, for the first 10 weeks of the year. Then defense started to take over, and now you're looking at the, you know, the uh, the Saints game was a close game, but not a great offensive game. Mahomes made the Chiefs. I mean, the, Kansas, the Chiefs made the AFC Championship game exciting for two reasons. A, Mahomes, I mean, he scored 31 points on the Patriots. <laughs> right? And Kansas City's defense so bad <laughs> that the Patriots scored 38. So Kansas City made that game exciting because of what they could and could not do. <laughs> uh, 
but then there's a uh, but defense really took over the in the final stretch. Uh, and that's fine, but you still need offense. You still need offense. And I think a 13 to 3 Super Bowl is like everybody's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, every game takes on its own personality. I've always talked about that. And that personality yesterday was not one where the NFL is jumping up and down. I think even though you've got a 3-3 game uh, in the fourth quarter, people are like, okay, come on, somebody's somebody's got to score here. Uh, It's also also something where I've talked to my class about this before. Remember years ago I did a game in Illinois that ended up 38-33 in basketball? And... Yeah, I remember going to my class the next day. And then later on, I had a 36-33 game of the Big Ten tournament that Penn State beat Wisconsin. And I was asked about my class, how do you handle a game like that? And I said, well, I said, here's here's how you got to look at it. And I think Jim Nance and Tony Romo did a great job of looking at it this way. You get to a certain point in the game where now it's the margin and not how many points have been scored. Does it really matter that it's 90-90 or if it's 30-30? Now winning and losing comes into play. Now margin comes into play. All right. So as the announcer, you then start looking at, okay, it's a tie game. Oh, it's a one-score game and so forth. How many points have been scored to that point actually become irrelevant it's it's a post game talking point about how many points are scored, but in game now when winning and losing's in the balance, it's the margin tied down seven up three. All right, Matt Leon coming up next half hour. We'll talk with him. Get a read on the Sixers. Get a read on Carson Wentz. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury, on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, great to have you with us. Today's show brought to you by Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. Purdy's have served the Valley for decades. Their ability to put together the insurance that you need to be covered the ability to find the best price that takes work 
update you when updates are needed. And if there's ever a claim, they throw their heart and soul in it for you. Purdy Insurance, Market Street in Sunbury. Go to purdyinsurance.com. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio mobile today in Evanston, Illinois. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, uh, let's talk about Philadelphia for a moment. Let's bring in Matt Leon, KYW in Philadelphia. Hello, Matt. Great to have you with us. Star, I want to start with the Sixers, actually. I watched that game the other night with Golden State and was really impressed with how they played. Then they went and lost to Sacramento. Uh, is, tell me where the Sixers are, in your opinion, right now, and how well Jimmy Black is fitting in with them. Uh, I write about where they should be. You can argue, you know, individual games and such. Uh, you know, like Sacramento maybe is one they they should have had. But end of a road trip out west, coming off of that big win over Golden State, uh, and Buddy Heal, and for, I don't know if Buddy Heal even showed up on their scouting report. And, uh, <laughs> the way that they just almost refused to guard him on the perimeter. But that being said, uh, I think they're fine. They're one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference. I would expect them to be better come playoff time than they are now. Uh, you know, it's it's amazing how you know people seem to. Uh, find re- find fault with this team and you know create drama and stuff like that and you look they're you know they're two to one wins the losses and they're in the top half of the Eastern Conference and uh, as far as Jimmy Butler uh, been as good as people thought but I think he uh, is finding his way they've done a little bit with him at the point guard position that has helped him uh, get the ball in his hands a little more. Uh, I think personality-wise, uh, a lot like earlier, there was a report that he blew up uh, during a video or a tape session or whatever. I think a lot of the stuff with Jimmy Butler is a uh, people who want a narrative to develop going to force that narrative, whether it uh, is necessarily true or not. I think Jimmy Butler is a guy that uh, wants what he wants, knows what he does well, and isn't uh, shy about sharing it. And uh, I don't think he's uh, been a problem by uh, by any stance. But I think he's he's really starting to find his footing. And I think, uh, like the Sixers, I think he's going to be better in Philadelphia uh, at the end than he is now. And they're going to be a dangerous team uh, come the playoffs. I mean, watching the Golden State game, Simmons made a couple of passes that were just phenomenal. Mike Muscala, Bucknell's own, late in the game blocked Steph Curry. I think Steph Curry is not just the best three-point shooter in the NBA. I think he's the best in the NBA at layups. And Muscala took that away. I was really impressed by the fourth quarter they played the other night. Yeah, the the thing you liked is they took control. I forget what they put up a big number in the third quarter. I think it was forty one, forty three, something like that. Uh, but you kind of expected, all right, Golden State, here comes the run, and you know, and they just didn't let Golden State take the game from them. Golden State got close, and as you mentioned, the block by Mescal, they made a lot of into plays, and uh, Ben Simmons. It may have been the best forty eight minutes of Ben Simmons' season, uh, just start to finish, doing it all. Uh, obviously, relishing being named our. Uh, it was really special, but uh, you know, I, and I think that shows. You know, you go into to that place and you beat that team. You can play with anyone, you know, any day, and that's what I think uh, makes the Sixers very dangerous. You know, do they struggle with Boston if you're looking at individual matchups? Yes. Uh, you know, do, can they not be at their best against mediocre mediocre teams? Yes. 
but I think when push comes to shove, there's probably only a handful of teams in the NBA that you can look at and, and reasonably think that's a team that can get to the NBA Finals, and I do think the Sixers are on that list. I think they're on that list as well. Uh, I, I, what about – now, he's he's a non-factor right now, but what do you know about Markel Fultz? Oh, I know after I has – entered to the point where you're just complying he's back and playing i think any speculation and stuff like that and it's really it hasn't been it's something that bubbles up every once in a while but it's not something anyone talks to because i think most people are just kind of throwing their hands up and you know if it's a legitimate health thing and at this point there's no reason to think it's not then whenever he's ready he's ready uh i hear a lot of people including him you know with a trade deadline approaching he's a popular name included in all these deals I don't, what is the incentive for another team to try to hire him at this point? You know, if, if what are you getting? Now, if he's going to be a guy you're going to get low and, and hope that you're the team that can unlock it and he gets healthy and gets on track, then, then great. But, you know, if you're talking about getting a valuable asset in return, somebody that can uh, be the difference yeah. between, a, you know, a, a conference semifinals or winning an NBA championship, if you're looking at the Sixers and you're giving up Markel Fultz, I don't know many teams that would, would take that uh, right now. So I, I just think it's it's kind of to the point where it's just it is what it is. And when he comes back, if he comes back in Philadelphia, great. Uh all right, let's. Uh, I want to get to Carson Wentz for a moment. It's been interesting. You've had more and more teammates, and Pittsburgh, I think, set the tone for everybody. They're not afraid to talk about teammates anymore. It seems. Uh, what did you take about the comments about his leadership ability, or about how he handled himself when he was hurt? Um, I when that report first came out, I kind of looked at it and read it, and I thought. It's the type of thing that I think you're foolish if you go all in and take every word of it as gospel, but I also think you're foolish if you completely disregard it. I think there were some strands in there of things that probably have irked people, and I also think there are probably some strands of things that the organization uh, would probably quietly like to push in the different direction because they know whence is the future. Uh, you had a lot of big-time Eagles leaders and players come out to, and attach their name to saying this is not true and all that stuff. Justin Wentz did give an interview that broke this morning. Uh, it apparently happened last, uh, I think, Thursday with a handful of local writers uh, where he kind of addressed the things and kind of gave his side and a lot of the stuff he made sense. Uh, and I think he took a lot of the things to heart. And I think he played a very smart game of diffusing this thing. And the Eagles played a very smart game of diffusing right. this thing. And uh, But to his credit, you know, kind of looked at it, w- was kind of caught off guard by some things, but I think also basically said, you know, coming back from the injury and then getting hurt again and dealing with the back thing, he was kind of all over the place emotionally. And that, you know, could have figured into a lot of this. So uh, I, I think a lot of this is gossip. Uh, when I think it's interesting, you know, whoever was – speaking out, you know, against Wentz, you know, was doing it uh, under the cover of anonymity, and the the people that were speaking out in favor of him were doing it loudly and aim on it, and I think that kind of tells you which way the arrow points, but there were probably some strands of things that Carson needs to do differently. Uh, he is only in his third year, and he's he only had one where he's played all 16 games because of injury. Hearts there. Uh, and I also think that Carson's probably a pretty about as type A as type A can get when it comes to mm-hmm. competitiveness and stuff like that inside the room. Sure. 
and uh, that can probably lead to rubbing some people the wrong way with certain things. But I think overall, I don't think this is going to be a very big issue uh, going forward. I think the Eagles and Wentz handled it well with the follow-up interviews that got released today. And uh, I think the, the fact that so many people spoke out in his favor kind of tells you where this is. With that said, will it be, in your opinion, important as to how he handles OTAs, how he handles the preseason, just to make sure that that leadership part, there's no question about it? Oh, I think, I mean, there's work to do. There's no question. Uh, but I think, because I think it'll, I don't see Nick Foles being here, and that big discussion off the table, because once Foles has moved on, however it happens, trade, whatever, free agency, uh, you know, he's the guy. There's no question. I don't think there's much question about it, even given to the guy. But once he's gone and, you know, you're in Nate Sudfeld, you'll have a lot of this kind of going away because you have to be pulling in a direction for him to succeed. And Leon, KYW in Philadelphia, back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. For nearly 100 years, Purdy Insurance has been your locally owned, family operated source for insurance products. With a staff of over 20 and partnerships with some of the industry's most trusted companies, Purdy has the experience and resources to get the job done. Whether you need personal home and auto or complex business insurance solutions, Purdy will help you navigate through the process. Call today at 570 286 5855. Or better yet, stop in their Sunbury office to see what Purdy Insurance can do for you. So I'm eating dinner last night with Pat Chambers and John Salazar, and I get this text of the Texas 201. I looked at it when Pat looks over and goes, 201 was 201 mean? I don't know. And it's just, you know. We all live in a bizarro world. And guess who the king of it is? Well, when you got a lot of money down, maybe your you know, future mortgage payment is to, you know, the exact time of Gladys Knight singing the national anthem would be. <laughs> oh. Need to find that tuition money for suit light. <laughs> and it turned out that that evidently was not the avenue. <laughs> well, I couldn't remember how they based that on out in Vegas with with with, with sportbook. If it if it started with the first note or if the first note of the music or if it started when Gladys starts singing, I couldn't remember where the exact timing started on that. She could have hummed it. I wouldn't have known it. All right. Um, so <laughs> I could tell it was lip synced, though. It was lip synced. Of course they are. Yes. They can't risk. They can't risk a big mistake like that. No, they can't. Too big of a stage. I mean, you know, the the greatest version of the national anthem I ever heard was um, Whitney Houston, easily to me by my taste at Super Bowl twenty five. I mean, but that was pre recorded too. I mean, it's just the way it is. You can't you can't afford to have something like that happen with that kind of crowd. That's not. Yeah, you, know, you can't ha- afford to have it be a, a technical problem, any of that stuff, right? Plus, I mean, if they're doing it live, I mean, you'd you know, the only thing you'd hear was Brady saying "58's the mic." That's <laughs> <laughs> the wrong microphone. <laughs> All right, uh, 
So an NFL season that had great promise for a high-flying, ratings are up midseason, 10% up midseason, ends up in a Super Bowl where both, or especially the Rams got in on controversy. You have a market that cares, but not to the degree other markets care. Thus, you're not going to get a great rating. And you're not going to get a great rating in St. Louis because they bag them. You're not going to get a great rating in San Diego because even though it's the Rams, the Chargers left, you're not going to get a great rating in, in New Orleans. Uh, I want to get to Adnan Virk for a moment. New York Post is reporting, Yeah, I think many of you know by now, Adnan Virk of ESPN was escorted off the property. Now, when that happened, I don't know if it's Friday, Saturday, whenever, uh, and was fired because they said he gave away company secrets, something like that. The New York Post is reporting today that that report about ESPN not bringing back full-time, and just not bringing back, baseball tonight, they're claiming, according to the New York Post report, that Virk is the one that gave awfulannouncing.com the information about baseball tonight not coming back. And they say it's not the first time it's happened. Burke has hired a lawyer. If you're a big college football fan, and many of you are, he actually has been their lead studio guy. Right? You know, Obviously, Reese Davis is on location, but when it comes to the studio, the halftime reports, things like that, Adnan Burke was the guy that was the lead studio guy. The other guy... And the other thing he did was that when they were doing baseball, he was he was on, he was supposed to be on the end to be the baseball tonight guy. And that uh, that is allegedly, according to the New York Post report, the reasons around Ad- Adnan Verk's dismissal and being escorted off the property. So that that fills in some blanks. I know you texted that to me yesterday. Yeah, USA Today, the original story. Yeah, how about that? And it broke during the game last night. How convenient! But uh, that's a shame. Very, very well talented uh, uh, personality. You know, uh, in studio for hoops, and yes, was in Williamsport for part of the uh, yeah. Little League Classic coverage yeah. last couple of August. And and in studio guy for college football. Yeah, huge movie nut. I believe uh, within the past year he started his own uh, podcast, and all it talked about was movies. There's a little sidebar thing he was doing. So he's out. He's hired an attorney. He had just signed a new contract and, according to the New York Post report, was not given a dime of severance. Wow. Okay. So that's that's something that uh, is, we'll discuss a little bit more. Something else I want to discuss in the next half hour is going to be about uh, arenas. Obviously, I went into Welsh Ryan Arena today for the first time since they redid it. They did a spectacular job. With it. But something that's also notable about Welsh Ryan Arena, the way it is now, is every seat is on top of the court. They do have an upper deck. There is an upper deck. The upper deck is five to ten rows. It's not extensive. But everything's on top of the court. They also took out about 1,400 to 1,500 seats 
in the building. Uh, Dave Revson, in fact, is going to be doing the game tonight, and Dave and I were talking for a while about you know everything they did to this building. And I think it is one of those wave of the future moments because I think with HDTV, HDTV is so great for all of us. HTV, HDTV, we can sit there. The clarity is unbelievable. I also think it also plays a role in some small way as to how we look at officiating because now we can see everything with great clarity. It actually plays a role in what people think of officiating. How could they miss that call because the clarity of the shot is so great? Uh, and I think with HDTV moving forward, yeah, there's there are places like Kentucky that will sell out 23,000 all the time. But is that the case everywhere? And I'm going to go through some of the places that I think... You know, I mean, and this is not this is not in let, let's get something straight before we move forward. This is not an anti Jordan Center deal. I'm talking about the future of college sports. I'm looking at big picture. Now if you want I mean if you want in the show we can do something really stupid, such as let's compare Brady's six championships to Jordan's six championships. We could we could do that. How much fun do you think that would be? No? I'd make myself ill if I had to do that. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> we try not to do low-hanging fruit on the show as often as possible. I hope you don't mind. Just don't not big into the low-hanging fruit part. It's just you know the way it is. What do you think? Which one's better? <laughs> really? Oh, I can't wait to give you my opinion about that. <laughs> I woke up today. Which one's better? <laughs> oh, there's more meat on the bone than stuff like that. Uh, just shake your head and ask yourself, why Why are you wasting my time? Kevin Freeman, who won a national championship at UConn as a player in 1999, comes in. He says, do you watch? I said, I watched it for 60 seconds. I said it was nauseating. He says, well, he said, where do they come up with this stuff? I said, because they think it's interesting. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but the uh, the future of college sports, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about stadium size, arena size, and so forth. I mean, the Super Bowl ratings may be down. The overnights were 44.2. Anybody be aching to get anywhere near 44.2? The rating's still awesome, just not awesome for them. But, Sean, I felt like the entire week felt flat. I thought the entire Super Bowl week leading up felt flat. And then the game was flat. Luckily, it was compelling still going into the fourth quarter. But, yeah, once a point. There's a score? Yeah. There's a score, yes. I mean, yeah. uh, now not- somebody, text, somebody texted me 201, <laughs> right, which confused everybody at my table. But for a lot of people that only watch one game a year, you're not watching for punt, 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 punt. Yeah. Yeah, but my table thought the 201 thing, they said, that person's sad. I said, I know. 
Who might that be, Sean? Who might that be? <laughs> Our guy. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. You can hear us anywhere in the world with the Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation app.